Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Wednesday morning. We are so glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our great servicemen and women taking care of us across the globe. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. You know, right now with everything going on, you know, trying to... Trying to maybe ratchet back up a little bit on the safety and the social distancing. Well, Strange Brew's got you covered. They've got the drive-through window over there on Highway 12, the walk-up window over on University Drive. So you don't even have to, you know, get too close to anybody to get that drink that you need. It's hot outside. Nothing will cool you down like an iced drink. What'd you have today? Uh, today I just had the good old blueberry. But it was hot. So you, you went hot today. I did. The the hot, hot. is hot. But when you are uh, sitting comfortably in your seventy degree AC, I yeah, mean, it's not a big deal. It's, it's all it's all good. Yeah, and, and if you get cold, yeah. you got the hot drink. That's right. See how that works? Yeah. There's just there's no there's no there's just no there's no wrong answers. There's it's right. all it's all good. That's right. All good for, for you when you head over to uh, to Strange Brew Coffee House. So and, do that and, today. And it gave me the pep I needed. There you go. To get through the rest of the get day. through a rough day with those hellion children of yours. <laughs> Tell you what, man. Cal T and K, they're like Arn and Tully. I swear. You, you can't you turn your gotta, back on them. They're breaking the rules. I mean, just give me a zebra shirt, man, because that's all day, all, all day, every day. Just, just repping. Joel Coleman is Tommy Young. No pulling the hair. Yeah. No, no low blows. I, I would love to see, like, I would I would pay money for a video of, like, Cal, like, holding Kate's face into the carpet and you just behind them. One, two, <laughs> three. Come on, break it up. I mean, Cal is kind of like Roddy Piper, man. He'll he'll slap the sleeper hold on you. I mean, he, he just gets he just gets the head. Every time you think you know the answers, Cal T changes the questions. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, there's no question of what's happening at College Corner. They are continuing to launder money directly to you through their gift card sale. Again, it doesn't get any simpler than this. You just go to collegecornerstore.com and buy a gift card, and it's 30 off a $100 gift card. It's only going to cost you $70. Again, if I were, if you were to go buy a $70 polo and then the cashier handed you 30 bucks cash, there'd be a line out into the street. The line would stretch from their two locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Show. That line would stretch from there to Davis Wade Stadium of people trying to get in there to, to make, take advantage of this. So I hope you're taking advantage of it as well. Go to collegecornerstore.com and check out the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that no matter what's going on with your business, however you want to set things up for yourself, they've got a solution for you. And they've got 45 years of experience that tells you they can find the solution that makes your business run better. So why don't you give them a call today? Whatever it is you're looking to do with your business, however you're looking to upgrade, to streamline, to make things more efficient around the office, Advantage Business Systems can help. Their number is 844 833 6245. You can visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right. 
What is that? Watch the rumblings rolling in. Oh. It's like a little sound effect. And the course. thunder rolls. <laughs> 30 in the morning. Thunder rolls. <laughs> and the lightning strikes. Dun, dun, dun. All right. I grabbed the mic there. I was into that. You were. You can't get Garth Brooks on Spotify. You I know. know you that? can't get him on Apple Music. Well, come on, Garth. You Haven't you made enough money? Let you us know, have a little music here. I was reading about this back a year or so ago, and I think he was like complaining. I don't know if complaining is the right way to say it, but... He's like a big believer in the album. I get that, and, and like he wants you to be able to like start at track one and yeah, go to the I, end. I get that. I get it. It's twenty twenty, Garth. Yeah, you got you know, I mean CDs. People can skip songs. I mean, you know, yeah. One of my favorite bands is Tool, and they used to be that way. But then last year was the year they finally unleashed their catalog onto streaming. And guess what? I have a bunch of their songs on on my uh, my Spotify account. Come on, Garth, yeah. help us out here. Uh, you, you mentioned the rumblings. Let's move on into them. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I'm doing burgers this week. Talked to my friends up there uh, on Tuesday, and they said, we got you taken care of. And that's what they can do for you. You just need to call them at 662-418-2021 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. And that's what they're going to say. Hey, can you get this? We got you taken care of. That's all you've got to do. And you can be enjoying the best steaks, the best burgers, the best brisket that money can buy. We're talking about those steaks. We're talking about some of the best locally sourced, grain-fed beef processed right here at Mississippi State University. It's the best. It's the top notch. It's 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 the cream. It's the cream of the crop. Ooh yeah. So, if the Macho Man agrees, how can you go wrong? Give him a call today. Order yourself something to put on the grill, to put in the pan this weekend, and take care of your family the right way. When it comes to Welcome Home Beef, one thing is for certain. It just tastes good. Can we get a Macho Man on that? Can we? Yeah. It just tastes good. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you got to give the hand gestures when you do the Macho Man, you know? <laughs> we could get like Jake Wimberly anytime you want to say the word meat and just yeah. like throw, throw that in there. See, like, I, he's technically, I, I love Jake. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's my, one of my good friends, but he's technically the competition. I can't, oh, I can't do that. We can't. Never the twain shall meet. I'll never be on the drive. He'll never be on sports talk. You know? Which is a shame. I, like I said, I love Jake. Going back to the uh, the V Sporto days with him. Yeah, I, I missed some SEC hot sauce. That was a really, really good podcast. And uh, it, it died before its time, as did everything associated with V Sporto, uh, unfortunately. All right. Did we have some We had some thunder and lightning V Sportos, didn't we? We got... Uh, for, like, for like a week? Yeah, we had... <laughs> I mean, it wasn't many. We had, well, we uh, July, we, what did we say? The 9th was our first. Yeah. I took the job July 31st with uh, Sports Talk. Yeah. And there was like a few days in there where I was, we weren't doing anything because I wasn't sure what was going on. So We just, well, I thought we had a few days where we just went straight to SoundCloud. Like, like we were did, just sort of, we, we were independent? Yeah. No, we never did, had that. Did we not do that? No. Oh, okay. We had some days where, we, yeah, we did have some days where we went straight to SoundCloud, but we were, I was working for Sports Talk. Okay. At that point, working for Super Talk, we were just waiting to get on iTunes. Right, right. We just okay. we weren't on any other platforms at yeah. that point. So, okay, yeah. All right. Today's uh, rumblings in honor of what would be MSU's turn at SEC Media Days. We will talk Mississippi State football. Uh, coming to the podium now, Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman representing Mississippi State University. Do we have an opening statement? We've been working harder than anyone in the country. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, uh, we, when we look at the, the talent we have on this roster, we feel like we can compete for a championship. By the roster, I do mean Joel and I. Guys been working hard. We have been working hard. Uh, you know, when you look at our schedule, you look at some of the, the teams we're going to play, the Steve Robertsons, the uh, the Justin Strawns, the Ben Garretts, 
you know, but I feel like we, we can match up with any of those guys. And, you know, if we play our best, we can we can defeat them. Um, and I, I think that this team, Joel and I, uh, you know, we can be one of the best teams in the country. So uh, with that, we'll open it up to questions. And uh, our questions, our first question today comes to us from Tanner Parsons, who wants to know, if you could take one quarterback in Mississippi State history and put them in the air raid, who would it be? First guy that comes to mind is Tyler Russell. First guy that comes to mind, sure, Tyler Russell. I saw Dave Marler's name yeah. uh, brought up. Uh, I saw a few others. But I really feel we're all overthinking this. Why don't we just go with the guy who's the starting quarterback of the, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys yeah. and just say, you know, why don't we just go with the all-time leading passer in MSU history and hand him the keys? I mean, imagine an offense where you know Dak Prescott's throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, and then you've got you know the running threat that Mike Leach has never had with him. Plus, you've got Kylan Hill back there. I mean, the thing yeah. is, would would Mike Leach put a flat tire on Dak? Meaning, I, I don't would, don't run the ball. I, I would tell. I think what Dak would. I think he would say is, first off, Mike Leach is no fool. You know, if he's got a weapon, he's going to use yeah. it. I mean, you may get to see this if Garrett Trader ever right. is the starting quarterback. Right. But at the same time. I think he wouldn't be calling design runs, but Dak had the pocket awareness. If it's not there, I'm going to take off, and Dak's a plus runner when that happens. Yeah. And you're talking about five wide and everybody's down the field. There's, there were opportunities there. So I think we're overthinking. Tyler Russell is a good answer. Don't get me wrong. Dave Marler it makes a lot of sense, but I'm going with a, I'm going with old. Yeah, and I think Dak has a little <laughs> bit of, when you think back to his college days, a reputation of not being the best passer. But by 2015, that season, I can't remember his statistics, but his, his completion percentage in 2015 was pretty high, I believe. I mean, yeah. he, he was very accurate. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was he, he only threw, what, like four interceptions the whole yeah. year? He was he was close to 70%, if yeah. not above. And he's yeah. been pretty accurate in his NFL career. Yes, so. yeah. Accuracy not an issue for Dak Prescott. Uh, let's see here. JC wants to know, if the roles were reversed and K.J. Costello was at Georgia and Jamie Newman was in Starkville, would K.J. receive more hype than Newman is getting now? Absolutely. Yeah. I've thought about this, and I, we have a couple other questions like this. Is Newman about to lose the starting job, by I the way? I think so. <laughs> I mean, J.C. Daniels is a better quarterback, I think. But here's, here's what it is. Everything else being equal. So K.J. Costello being what he is, Mike Leach being what he is. If K.J. Costello was showing up in Starkville to – Darunya Wilson, Fred Ross, Fred Brown, Malcolm Johnson, and that group, they, people would be saying this is a dark horse Heisman contender. It's not any hype that KJ Costello is not getting isn't on Costello. Yeah, it's, it's on because, the receivers. Yeah, because you just don't know what you got. Without knowing what the schedule looks like, over or under seven wins. So that's tough. On an on the on the schedule State has right now, I would take the over. Would, seven is the number, though. Seven the number. is the. I feel like state can get can get to eight, but I mean, what if they only play eight games? Yeah, they're not going, they're seven, not going and seven and one, and so. with an all SEC schedule. Yeah, uh, y'all have talked at length about Washington State's wide receivers numbers from a year ago. After watching some games and how this offense operates, I think Austin Williams is the dark horse of this receiving core. Agree or disagree? Austin Williams has been a dark horse, like going into every season. Eventually, for what he has seems to be like the, the horse, right? Decade. Yeah. You know, th- th- everybody's the dark horse. There's not. I can't pick one. And, and credit t- credit goes to twenty four seven sports. I, I saw Paul Jones had reported something in the last week or two. I can't remember now, but some of the seven on seven work they've been doing. Austin Williams was again getting high praise. Yeah, I'm sure. You so, know, he, I mean, he, he's, he's a, a guy player. with a ton of talent. Yeah, no he's doubt a good player, about it. But it's hard to say one guy is the dark horse when I'm telling you that 
there's some guy who caught 15 passes last year who might catch 70 this year. I don't know who that is. But there might be two or three of those guys at the same time. Hunter Cloud says, if we do have football, should I make an appearance as Arthur Morgan? 100% that should happen. I mean, that was probably going to kind of happen. And when he walks in, I'm going to look at him and say, who let the simpleton out of the asylum? (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Matthew Anthony wants to know, who backs up Kylan Hill and the back-in-waiting and is the back-in-waiting once he departs? It's got to be Jaquavius Marks. Marks. Yeah. You know, I think I think that Lee Witherspoon's going to have some opportunities, but I think I think that Marks is just more talented, and I think he fits what you want to do here. He, he is less of a bruiser. I think he fits a little bit more what Moorhead wanted to do too, which was to get big plays out of your running back and be yeah. less about grinding it out. Yeah, and and Marks got a ton of praise. I was talking to uh, several of the assistant coaches over the last, you know three or four weeks, but back during midnight maneuvers when all that was going on, yeah. Mark's got a ton of praise and was was often I can't remember now what color shirt it was that they gave like the top performers at midnight maneuvers, but he was getting it like almost every night, which was, according to them, very unusual for a true freshman. But Mark's was man, he was impressive according to them. Yeah. Uh Justin Strawn, who said he was ready at five forty five, but he waited on the topic. So nine forty five is when we got these questions. I don't know if I believe him. Uh, his first question is sort of what I just talked about with Costello. Uh, but he asked, "Does will Costello be a first or second team All-SEC guy when the season is over? If he, if he does what he's think, supposed to do. I kind of think so. If he plays whatever the number of games is, because everybody's going to be playing the same. But I, I would think, yeah, I think that he has an opportunity to do that. And if he's not, man, it seems so – it seems tough saying this, and it, but – if he's not, it, it is again. I think probably going to be an indictment on on his receivers, not him. And I'm saying that having never watched a ton of KJ Costello, <laughs> but uh, he's when you look at his statistics and you look at his reputation for being an accurate QB, it makes good decisions, and uh, you just feel like he's going to do his part. the The part that we haven't seen here in Starkville is those receivers making plays. So. You kind of feel like if he's not a first-teamer or a second-teamer, it's because the guys around him didn't perform. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, it's it's all about it, – it, obviously, a quarterback is going to be dependent on the players around him. You know, he can't do it all himself. himself. You've got to have good players around him. Uh, but this season more than ever, because you just don't know – What's going to happen? You just don't know what's going to happen with these uh, with these players. By the way, I just I just wanted I did some quick math. So let's. Uh, I let's, could tell as you were talking, you were. Doing, I was trying doing, to vamp. Doing something where, where, where your mind was somewhere lie. else. Um, just just for the record, I am trying to find passing here. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Let's assume. Let's let's pretend that uh, we only have eight games. If uh, KJ Costello averages per game. What Anthony Gordon averaged last season for Washington State, he will have the third greatest passing season in MSU history. And he'll miss second by uh, 17 yards. Those are both Dak Prescott years where they played 13 games. So in eight games, if he just averages what Gordon averaged last year, you're going to have the third greatest season in MSU history. Not bad. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
uh, I believe is what the kids say. And that per game would be a number one, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, for in, sure. In MSU history. Yeah, because it was. Uh, I mean, like, that, it that, was four hundred and twenty ga- yards per game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that would, would easily, way, easily, yeah. easily. Um, the SEC did a PSA tweet today. Still Justin Strong here, where about wearing masks on Monday, and Mike Leach was wearing his correctly. Who is the most likely to have instructed him on how he needed to wear it? Was that was he actually wearing it, or was that like a Photoshop deal? Because I saw that. I think thing. it's Photoshop. I thought it was too. Uh, so I was going to say, who, who's responsible for that? Whoever photoshopped it. Um, because you and I saw Mike Leach walking around the state capitol, and he very just much had, incorrect. Yeah, he, he just had that thing around his mouth. Yeah. I mean, his nose was hanging out. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the last day or two, someone's gotten to him and be like, "Hey, you're not wearing that thing right, Mike." Yeah, I think that this. I think Mike Leach is intelligent enough to know all along that he wasn't yeah. wearing. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one from Justin. If the universities have to cancel in person, cla- I'm sorry, in cancel in person classes at some point. Would universities not want to take the PR hit and cancel sports, or would they say, screw the optics, we're still playing anyway? That's going to be so interesting to me because I don't know how you can say it's not safe for you to go to class, but our cash cow athletes, y'all go out there and make us some money, boys. I don't know how you can do that. They're going to do it. That's I believe they'll say, screw the optics. There's too much money. Mississippi State is, and no school really is in a position to take where, down those kind of checks. Is that not where, though, if you're an athlete, somebody doesn't stand oh, up and right. raise the hand and be like, wait, should, wait a second, they should. it's not safe enough to go to algebra, but you want us to come out here and make you money? Like, that just doesn't look right to me. They should, but I'm just telling you what I think. And is I know right. that a lot of guys love football, so they just want to play. I mean, a lot of guys probably wouldn't put up a fight, but. I'm just saying, if you have any sense of logic, what sense does it make that you can't go to history class because it's too dangerous, I, I but but I you can go play you. college football just so you make us the money to operate the athletic department? I don't disagree with you. I'm just telling you what I think. Uh, a. Swenson says, the most underrated MSU defender, and why is it Edward Smith from the... Well, this, this is not correct. He didn't play 99 or 2000. He, 98 was his last year. But from the 98 team. Uh, the was it underrated defender? Yeah. Ed Smith is a fine choice. He was he was all SEC though. Mm. I'll go more recent. Maybe. Okay, uh, a guy I always liked because I thought he was a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. I always liked Des Harris. He didn't get a ton of praise, but he was a guy that I always thought was a really intelligent player. And just talk a lot of that has to do with just conversations I had with him. I guess more so maybe than even on field play, but. He just always struck me as a guy that kind of knew his stuff, and I kind of always saw him as kind of like a tutor to Errol. A little yeah, bit there's something to that. Um, um, I'm trying to think, you know, throughout the years of guys. I mean, State had so many good players, you know, especially defensively. They, they just they just always had good guys there. Um, trying to think. I was yeah. always a big Gary Green fan too. Gary Green's a good football player, no question about that. I think you know. For for what he was for his time here, think about you know the guys he played with. KJ Wright was really underrated. You know, Chris White won the uh, the Connerly Trophy, and Pernell McPhee got a lot of credit, and you know you had Fletcher Cox in front of him. But KJ was there the whole time. He was a great player for Mississippi State. Um, and there's just there's, there's just a ton of guys like this though. It's, it's almost difficult to find them. Uh, Drew Caves. Hey Drew, remember Drew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's the most surprise you've ever been by an MSU win and loss? Loss was Maine. 
even though they That's stunk, that was that was still I, that feeling as a student sitting there watching that. I don't know that that's ever been replicated in any sport with anything anywhere. I mean, it ju- it was just – I made sure I stayed so I could watch Maine celebrate on the field just so I kind of peeked myself like, this really happened? Yeah. So that, that that's a loss good choice. is that one. The 2017 Egg Bowl is one for me. Even though you really shouldn't be surprised in the Egg Bowl, I was I mean, really confident that day. And, of course, you know, Fitzgerald getting hurt. Yeah, it changes that, but just even the mood then, that day was weird. It was it, it, it. You felt something in the air that day. There's no question. Most surprising win. Uh, Them beating A and M when A and M was like number four in the country, and Peter Sermon was, that, that was that was especially the way they beat them. That yeah, they day. beat them pretty. They easily. just beat them like a dog. I mean, Fitzgerald threw two interceptions in the end zone, so I mean, could have easily been. Uh, a much worse defeat. I don't know if that's most shocking, but that was up there. That's pretty up there. surprising. I got two. Uh, the 09 Egg Bowl. Mullen's first Egg Bowl win. I mean, I didn't think State was going to win that day. But the one that really stands out for me is 07 Auburn. The bowl year for Cream. I, yeah. I had... They, I, they had lost LSU by 45 to nothing. I don't think they had scored on Auburn in two years. And then they go over to the Plains and beat them. I was I was shocked by that. So that that, that might be my one. Brian McDuff wants to know, if we had won the 1998 SEC championship, do you think the trajectory of the program changes? So they would have gone to the Sugar Bowl. They would have won an SEC championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you look at the next year, they were... they were. I just don't know. Because, if anything, that would have ratcheted up the investigation that Ole Miss was putting into Jackie Sherrill. And if they had if won the SEC and gone to the Sugar Bowl... They would have been they would have been trying to plant a dead body in this house at that point. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, you 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 look at the '99 and the 2000 recruiting classes, and you're thinking, okay, they're they're getting it, and then it just sort of fell apart there. They were so JUCO reliant. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't know. You know, I'm trying to think. You talking through it, it kind of doesn't sound like it. It doesn't really. And they missed out. You know, Ole Miss having Eli Manning put them in position to get the, the guys, you know, Doug Buckles and Chris Spencer, those big – they were getting the better players out of the state at that time. So State was going too heavy with the JUCO. It just, it just was a bad balance. And when it when it crapped out, I mean, it really it really yeah. went bad. Uh, let's see here. John Jeffrey Nelson. Gut feeling. Schrader, Maiden, or Will Rogers is a starter in 2021, which is a real year that's about to happen. I'm that. <sighs> oh, that's so tough. I, Schrader, if if you just made me guess, and I'm not confident at all, I just have trouble believing that Schrader would a would walk away from being you know, if he knew he had a, a real shot at the job, to, to walk away from being a starting quarterback of an SEC program, and then on top of that, honestly, I just think he's more talented than the other two guys. And and Schrader, I think a little bit because we saw some of him his action with his legs and yeah. how good of a runner he. I think there's probably, because you've seen Dak Prescott and you've seen Nick Fitzgerald, Schrader might get a little bit labeled too much as runner or whatever. Yeah. He can throw the football. He completed like, 58% he's, of his passes as a true freshman with a receiving core that was not good in a offense that I will, can only generously describe as not quarterback friendly. I, I got I got no qualm. I think Schrader's a talented, talented football player. Yeah. So I think he can be the guy. I mean, and I think that Will Rogers is on a path to one day be the starting quarterback under Mike Leach. Yeah. 
but I, I would go with Schrader in 2021. Here, here's the thing about Schrader and Rodgers. People will well, what if Rodgers... When Rodgers committed, Schrader was here. So he already knew that, hey, I'm going to be behind... That Schrader's his guy. I'm going to be behind that guy. Now, he might have the confidence he can beat him out, but at the end of the day, he knew that that was a possibility. So I don't, I'm just not worried about it. I don't think Maiden... It just kind of, We just... <coughs> Maiden is the, it is the feels eyeball. Like he's, or he's the, overlooked. The card. Yeah. Like, he, he's never really gotten a shot no. to show what he can do. No. Maybe he gets that this year at some point if, if they play. We don't know. I'm, we're, we're like 99% sure, but we don't know for sure that he was involved in Tudorgate last yeah. year. Yeah. But I feel like if he wasn't, he would have been number two, don't you think? Ahead of Schrader, they would have tried. Morehead would have wanted to redshirt Schrader if he could have. Yeah, you would think. You would think, but I don't know. Uh, John Jeffrey Nelson also wants to know how good do we think Joquavius Marks can be at MSU? I mean, I got to see the kid practice first before I can make any kind of grand proclamations. If, if big time praise from coaches means anything, and, and look, we hear praise from coaches all the time. They're not going to say, this guy, oh, he yeah. stinks. They're not going to say that. No. But, but He's got Mark, a lot of work to do. Marks has gotten more praise as a true freshman than other true freshmen have gotten before. So I, he is. If if more praise than usual means anything, there are a lot of high expectations from him around that building. Okay, uh, Dalton Lee. This is a tough question for you, Joel. I'm not gonna, even going to answer. It, I'm afraid. <laughs> what What would you rather take a hit from, Nico Whitley? After you insulted his family. <sighs> The Arcedo Clark blindside block from the 2010 Egg Bowl, or Jonathan Abram all jacked up on Mountain Dew, looking to decapitate someone. Man, I'm dead after all three. It don't matter. All three of those are going to hurt. I'm going to take Arcedo Clark because as an offensive guy, he's he's not trained to take you out like okay. that. Plus, it's a blindside hit. I should know it's coming, right? <laughs> I know I'm recreating it. I'm like, <laughs> all right, right about here's where it's okay. There we go. I can absorb the blow. Uh, Joe Pollard saw a post of Omar Connor running what looked to be a read option. How good would he have been in the Mullen offense? We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. That if MSU had sort of thought outside the box in 2004 and said, we can't get Urban Meyer, but can we get his offensive coordinator? A 35-year-old or whatever, Dan Mullen. And he brings that offense to Omar Connor and Jarius Norwood. He would have been fantastic. Man, that, Omar Connor may be... I don't want to say wasted. That's the wrong way to say it. But, like, man, he was so good. And I don't think that you ever really saw anywhere near how no, good he could have no. been at Great Mississippi athlete. State. Yeah. And I mean, you took a quarterback who should have been running the offense that Mullen ran, and you tried to make him run the offense that Brett Favre ran. Just poor coaching. That's all that is. No, they're just really good dude, too. I had a lot of classes, or several classes yeah. with Omar. Uh, and then, did anyone else think it was an INT when Matt Wyatt throws the go-ahead touchdown against Auburn? I didn't at the time. I mean, I was there. But when you go back and, re- and rewatch it, yes, there's an mm-hmm. Auburn defender who jumps right in front of the ball and it just miraculously goes through his hands and into Matt Butler's. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't think it at the time, but going back in time, you're like, how did he miss that? <laughs> like, that, that game was just meant to be, obviously. Somebody asked us a COVID-19 question like we're a couple of doctors. We aren't. Well, we also aren't football experts either. In the we are games. far closer to that than we <laughs> sure. are to doctors. Very I true. promise you that. Uh, Gil Manclang wants to know. Manclang, I'm sorry. Uh, rank our top four running backs in MSU history. So here's what I'm thinking. Two are locks. Dixon and Norwood. They're in. 
We got to find the other two. I mean, guys. I have a soft spot for Desenzo. Desenzo Miller is on is on the short list here. Michael JJ. Davis, JJ Johnson, Vic Ballard. I think some of the old timers would tell you Michael Haddix needs, and I say old timers are from the '80s, but Michael Haddix. I mean, he was a first round pick. Yeah, Michael Haddix should be on there. You know, Walter Packer might want to be a guy you consider. Hoyle Grange, you know, but <sighs> I feel like you should put Desenzo on there. So. I, but I thought JJ Johnson. It to me, I think I'm gonna put Michael Haddix on there because again, first round pick. Yeah. And then I'm torn between Desenzo and JJ Johnson. Much as I have a man crush on Vic Ballard too, but yeah, I my heart says uh, Desenzo just because, like I told you on the show the other day, Choctaw County boy. I, I looked up to Desenzo so much. It was almost like a dude from you know, guy from right there close to my house was. Uh, up here shining at Mississippi State. So I, my heart says it, but I, I kind of think it goes to J.J. I think so, too. And J.J. was SEC Offensive Player of yeah. the Year. So. All right, yeah. So that's our top four. Dixon, Norwood, J.J., Michael Haddix. I can live that's, with that. That's a solid four. I feel good. Oliver McLeod, what do you think the top five loudest moments in Davis Wade Stadium have been? I can't say nope. for sure about Banks' pick six of Tebow because I wasn't there to experience in person. Two of his are Bo Wallace fumbling into the end zone and the 2014 Auburn game. Uh, the, the Banks pick six is on the list. Yes, but I would put the, the Johnson pick Anthony six Anthony Johnson above pick six that. is above that. Uh, I want to say the 2014 Auburn game, if I had to pick one moment, it's uh, Duran Wilson's touchdown that makes it 7 nothing. That's probably the, the, that's probably it. Um. For like sustained loudness, yeah. 2014 Auburn's number one. Yeah, for sustained, but just for like a moment. For like a moment. I'm like, I'm thinking back to the, uh, the, the the 2013 Egg Bowl, and I don't remember the crowd very much from that because I was absolutely delirious that he fumbled the football. <laughs> so I, 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 have all, I told Scott Strickland after that, I was sitting with some friends who had a skybox, and I said, I, are there cameras in the skyboxes? And he's like, no. I was like, oh, it's too bad because you could get some viral yeah. videos out of that. It was pretty loud when Luke Logan mixed, missed the PAT this past. It was, year. and we're being on the field for that yeah. too. So that that's a good that's a good call. Um, you know, I mean, for me, Johnson's pick six against Bama was number one. Yeah, and that's that's before that's before expansion. Ex, the ex, expansion, yeah. You I mean that's that's the only one? I guess the '09. And, I, I, and I was on the field for that one too. He was literally right in front of me when he made the when he had the pick. But mm-hmm. you pee a little? Oh man, that was. <laughs> it was good. I remember I remember so vividly <laughs> seeing the Alabama guy. It looked like he had the, the angle. Yeah. And then seeing that he was number like 68, I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept pulling away. I was like, holy yeah, bleep, I, re- he's going to score. Yeah, I'm, I'm repeating because I think – That place was when, shaking. When we did the deep dive, I mean, yeah. I talked about this, but I could see the angle like when he caught the ball. You're like, like he's going to get it. There's no one in no, – well, I, I, think, oh. I didn't think there's anybody in front of him. Like, he's gone. Yeah. See, from the side, you can see the, the the lineman. He had the angle to get him if he was a running back. Yeah, but he was not. See, it's just Anthony Johnson just left I, him I guess, in the dust. Yeah, the the angle I had, I looked up and like there, I saw no one really in front of him. So I was like, yeah, touchdown, <laughs> and the place just erupted. Man, that'll always be number one. Yeah, that place was shaking. But that day. but Banks is Banks is up right there. up there with it. Banks is definitely up there. Uh I'll tell you one that always stands out to me. It's not maybe it's not it's not even an in-game moment, but the 2010 Arkansas game, some of the best atmosphere ever 
uh, at a was that 2000? Yeah, it was 2010. And there was an extended timeout for some reason, and they played "Welcome to the Jungle," and they played the whole song, <laughs> and the whole stadium was singing "Welcome to the Jungle," and it was incredible. <laughs> like after like the first verse, I was like, "They're playing the whole song," and so we're all up there, just everybody was screaming. And this was, you know, that was a game that they ended up losing in overtime. Yeah, that's one of the best atmosphere games I've ever been to. It's a yeah. shame State didn't win it. It was pretty loud. Piggy's uh, punt return too. Couldn't, it, it, couldn't tell you. Yeah, oh, you'd already left. I, I you'd had, left. I had tapped out right. on that one. I bailed. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it up above any of the ones that we said, but yeah. it, it was loud. The number one is Anthony Johnson. We'll yeah. say that. Uh, Joey Madeer wants to know, why will our defense exceed expectations? So give me three reasons State's defense can be better than people think it's going to be. Um, I mean, last year – the defensive line going into the year, how many times did we ask? You know, there's just a lot of unproven guys up there. Well, now I feel like you got a Marquis Spencer and a Kobe Jones and Nathan Pickering's a year older and, and Cromedy's a year older. And you got a couple of Juco guys that you expect can get after the quarterback a little bit. I think the D line's going to be pretty darn good. Okay. So, I mean, football's one up front, right? Absolutely. So, so there's that. Um, your DBs, again, are going to be a year older. And I, I mean, I like. Tyler Williams and Smith. I think those guys can be pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, if they take st- strides forward, that gives you hope. Uh, and and you're going to get a full season of Marcus Murphy. There's you another thing. You know, it's not going to be four random games that you just pick out and throw him out there. You get a full season of Marcus Murphy. I look. I mean, I don't know that it's quite the overall emotional impact that having Willie Gay on the field was. Because to me, when Willie Gay was on the field, it's just a different defense last year. Uh, just felt different. But having Marcus Murphy out there has a little bit of that same effect, I think. When you have his athleticism and his playmaking ability out there mm-hmm. every game, I think that makes a difference. So, I don't know. Top of my head, there's, there's your three. All right. Just real quick, Tommy Tuberville has won the U.S. Senate race, or the, the Republican nomination. Carried almost every county, it looks like, in Alabama. Except for Tuscaloosa County. <laughs> I love that. Do you have the percentage? I'm just interested if he came close to winning, I, even Tuscaloosa. I don't have the percentage okay. of the county. I, he's, he's winning like 63% of the vote. Oh, the so state. he's just destroying the sessions, state. Huh? Yeah, he's killing him. Somebody says, Doug Jones quietly changes his name to Senator Crimson Bear Nick, second down in 26. <laughs> Tommy Tupperville, U.S. Senator. It might happen. It's probably going to happen. Ah, uh, let's see here. Another one from Joey. Seems like Joe Brady was the secret ingredient to success at LSU. Who could be MSU's Joe Brady, the difference maker on the new staff? So that's, that's the thing, is that Orgeron gave carte blanche, basically, to Brady. Mike Leach is calling the plays. Yeah. <laughs> there, there ain't no guy behind the scenes with Mike Leach. Mike Leach is you know, the man behind the curtain. I mean, so Z- the real answer might be like Zach Arnett. That's what I was going to say. If Zach Arnett's defense does what he did at San Diego State, well, then you got this, this team's going ten and two. Yeah, lemon, lemon one kind you of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Uncle Ruckus, who literally is the worst person that ever lived, you have two choices: no football for three years. Ugh. But you, we, you, but you and I can continue thunder and lightning. Gosh, what would we talk about? Well, this is no football. I guess we get basketball and baseball. Yeah, I guess so. But. We get football back this fall. I have to produce a daily podcast with Robbie Falk where he discusses anime films and TV shows. <laughs> I mean, I could I could sit down for 20, 30 minutes with Robbie if I'm getting football. 
I don't know what Robbie knows about anime. Am I am I canceled here in that? No, scenario? you're still. I, I'm I, don't, still I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So, um, that's the only football related question he has. I do want to ask this question just because I had I, I thought about this today, and my daughter and I we came to a conclusion, and we're going to prove you wrong about something. Okay. Here. The question is: Would you rather fight thirty kitten-sized grizzly bears or one grizzly bear-sized kitten? What would you say? You're saying the, the grizzly bear-sized kitten, right? Yeah, I mean, because it's one one thing. Right. So my my daughter and I thought about it like this. Take the the ch- the mutant change out. Would you rather fight thirty kittens or a grizzly bear? Yeah, that, that's thirty kittens would be the answer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get it now. Shout out to Aislin Haydad. She came up with this. So I was like, I'm gonna tell Joel this. But. But the, Would you rather the, fight a horse or thirty ducks? Well, here, here going back to the grizzly bear thing though. If you yeah. have thirty small grizzly bears, they're just little grizzly, but they're them. still vicious. They're kick. They're, you can step on them. Like if it's thirty kittens, they're not so vicious. Thirty small grizzly bears. A, if a giant are like crawling up. A you, giant kitten's not going to be vicious, but it could just paw you and they kill you. It's razor sharp claws. You could just like throw water in its face though, and it'd get all ticked off, and you might have. I'm a shot. just saying, just just take the smaller things always. Would you rather Would you rather fight one Bryant, one Haydad, or thirty Joels? I don't know. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see here. Kurt, who's your 2020 sleeper on offense and defense? So give me an offensive sleeper. I think it's like one of the freshman receivers or something. That's not a bad choice. Rufus Harvey or or Tula. All right, and then defensively. I'll go with that, though. Um, a defensive sleeper. Would, would like, Trey Lawson or Jordan Davis? That See, I'm, I'm trying to think about Jordan Davis. Like, can the number one Juco player in the country yeah, be a, really sleeper? a sleeper? I don't know if he is or not. Um, I don't know, somebody like Janari Dean or somebody? Janari Dean's an interesting choice. Manual That's a very Ford, interesting Manual choice. Forbes. Manual Forbes is an interesting choice. I like that. Percentage chance that KJ Costello leads the SEC in passing. It's high. Yeah, because I mean he's gonna be throwing the football 40, 50 times a game. Yeah, it's 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 better than 50-50. I I would think. Um who's the twenty twenty reception leader? Who has the most catches? I mean, I I'm torn between saying Mitchell and Heath, but mm-hmm. uh, it's tough for me to say Heath when I've never really seen the seen no, the right. guy you're play. Right. I'm saying Kylan Hill. You think so? I mean, Borgie had 86 catches a year. Oh, that's not, not bad. So, uh, Judd Junkins. Judd John. Man, I can't do it. Judd Twister. Judkins. There we go. Sorry, Judd. I don't I don't mean to butcher your name. In what college stadium would you most want to see an MSU road game? Hmm. What college stadium would I most want to see an MSU road game? I'm trying to think. Is there like any one venue that I just I just want to be at? Like, it'd be kind of cool to see Mississippi State go to Notre Dame. I mean, that that would be kind of neat. That's that's the correct answer, I think. You know, just and it's not the most you know fascinating high-tech visitor stadium, but there's just so much history there. Yeah. You know, you can't go wrong. 
not I, I don't want to go too far down the political road, but this is just funny. Uh, he the Alabama Democrats tweeted he lost his last Iron Bowl thirty six nothing, collects millions of dollars in pension money from hardworking Alabamians and bilked investors based on their trust in his investment advice. Tubbs, Doug's going to run like you through, like, going to run through you like Fred Talley on an eleven a.m. Jefferson Pilot game. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for football political smack talk. It's all we've got now. now the sports and politics can mix. Let's go. <laughs> all right, uh, Jared Gardner. What's one game that made both of you walk away in utter disgust by what you had just watched? I sat through the 2008 Egg Bowl, and I still think it has to be the Auburn game from that year. 3-2 is, uh, is definitely on the list. I mean, I, I hate to be repetitive, but that main game scarred me. Yeah, that's a good one. I got a couple others. I, we just talked about the 17 Egg Bowl. The uh, 3 game against Alabama. Do you remember that game? Where they scored on like, the third play of the game, and yeah. then it was just, just so bad. Basically, every game from the last... After the state won, I think they beat Vanderbilt for their second win, or maybe it was Memphis. I don't remember which one it was. Every game after that was sort of that way. Yeah. You know? Um, The the, the Troy game in 2001 played in the Hurricane, that was just brutal. So bad. I'll tell you another one that kind of just aggravated me was that uh, the game when when Manziel came in here. Oh, they just just, manhandled Yeah. Yeah. What was that, 13? 12. 12, that's right. Yeah, the snowball game. Yeah. And that game sucked because like, why are we celebrating the Independence Bowl? That's dumb. And <laughs> yeah, we're celebrating the snowball. It was like ninety-five degrees. Ninety-five degrees. <laughs> like they had snow coming out, and they had this. Uh, the uniforms were cool, but but the game sucked. I mean, I mean, it was terrible. A&M just dominated. They just dominate. That was you know on the Bill Simmons level of losing. That's an alpha They're dog game. Like 10, Ten yards of cushion. Yeah, and, uh, and, I was just like. <laughs> And they're playing man. So everybody's got their backs turned to him. He's just like, okay, and just takes off. <laughs> and just kept on. It was brutal. I left that game early. I left that game. And I was sitting near the A&M fans. They're like, you're leaving? I was like, why would I stay? Yeah. I, I, you know me. I was very, well, now I have to stay for all game every game because of work. But yeah. when I wasn't working, I rarely ever left. Th- there's better things to do sometimes. That was a game I left early. Yeah, Because it was so hot and it was just obvious the, the way that thing was going. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Traquan Key says, we sort of answered that one. Uh, will the MSU staff recruit well enough to maintain long-term success? I mean, if they can just recruit at the, at the Moorhead-Mullen level, that's long, they can have long-term success. You know, anything above that's going to be great, but they just got to be in the, the 25 to 30 range, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Which is where they're probably going to end up with yeah. at the end of this season. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of lost right now because, you know, State's had a a decommitment, and then a guy that you kind of thought might get yeah. in the boat that commits to Tulane. Yeah, that. Which and, he, then, he, and then MJ Daniels doesn't have him in the – Which is just the, weird. It, it is weird. But uh, there's kind of been some bad, weird recruiting news lately, and then you look at where State is ranked in the mm-hmm. recruiting ranks, like 50th. And this right? is the time of year, normally, where State picks up like eight commitments to the camp. They, the camps are where they really do well. Yeah. And they, would just, they haven't had those this year. Yeah. So anyway <laughs> – so I wouldn't worry about it. I think it. people are a little down on recruiting right now. They are. But, they are. We'll see. So I'm kind of interested to see how this works with recruiting. Man. I have no there, idea. There's no way there's a December signing period. Right. I don't know if there's going to be a February one. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, another one from here from Trick Juan. Uh, besides wide receiver play, what is the biggest challenge the MSU staff will face this upcoming season? That's a good question. We talked so much about the about the wide receivers. But there's other questions. I think the, the biggest one is, 
you know, I think it's I think cornerback is one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I like Martin Emerson and Tyler Williams is pretty good, but you know, neither one of them have ever been stars. You know, I just don't know. And in this day and age in the SEC, you know, you're going to have to go up against uh, Devontae Smith and 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 Jalen Waddle. You got to go up against Jamar Chase and and uh, Terrace Marshall. You know, you got to go up against good receivers. So mm-hmm. that, that's that, that's that's a tough one. Uh, that, are, that, are we? Uh, I think I am, mm-hmm. but are we 100 percent sure Kylan Hill can be the receiver that he needs to be? I mean, last I year, so. I last feel, year I he feel caught pretty good, but last year he caught what 18 passes. I mean, yeah, I think now, now you got it. Now you, 50, 60 more than that. I mean, we sure? I think he can do it. I think he can too. But yeah. you uh, want to talk about things we don't 100 percent know? No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, let's see here. Jace Caldwell, what defines a Bulldog great, a successful pro career or a college career? I think college career. I agree. Because, I mean, there's a ton of guys you think, like, I hope he ends up having a great big league career, but if Jake Mangum never sees the field in at City Field, if it never happens, he's still a guy that needs a statue at Duty Noble. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we were talking earlier about those uh, great MSU running backs, right? I mean, Desenzo Miller, there's no – he's got no uh, pro career. Yeah. But would you not call him a Bulldog great? Oh, he, yeah, you absolutely would. Um, I mean, different school, but somebody like Tim Tebow, his pro career, exactly. nothing, nothing to yeah, write home all, about at all, but yeah. he's a Florida Gator exactly. legend. By that same token, would you call Danico Autry a Bulldog great? No. Probably not. Yeah. But he's had a good pro career. So, uh, let's see here. Ryan Sims, if college football were to move to the spring, what's the biggest con you see? The biggest con is that it's going to be incredibly difficult to have two seasons within four months of each other. I mean, that's just the body needs time to heal. And I just don't, I just don't know that you can do that. And I'd also, I, I don't know how the recruiting calendar would I just don't know how those things will work. It feels like it's just too compressed. Yeah, and I mean, and then you have guys – the Kylan Hills and stars of the world that probably mm-hmm. aren't going to play in the spring if you have yeah. a spring season. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too, yeah. K- be- I, I think for sure K.J. Costello and Kylan Hill don't play. And maybe Errol Thompson. I mean, that's, yeah, just, I mean, that's, th- that's three huge pieces. Yeah, because the NFL... They're not moving. I, do you think that the NFL would back out on saying that and maybe they would move it if it no. ultimately came to college no. moving their season? I Absolutely don't think they not. would either. But. They, they're going to stay on schedule. Yeah. So, what do you think Nico Whitley said to Bo Wallace at the end of the Egg Bowl 2013? Steve Robertson knows the answer to this because he interviewed him for uh, the Stark Villains book. I don't know the answer. I, I'm pretty sure it involved a word. That, I, I'm going to guess it involved a, a, the word, a four-letter word. I think it's a five-letter word. Okay. Uh, but there, there was probably a four-letter word in there, too. Uh, probably end it with ing, and then the next word probably uh, sounded <laughs> like when you have a, when you have to scratch something, rhymed with that. Probably along those lines. Who would be who is more likely to tell you what he said, Nico or Bo Wallace? If you I ask mean, Bo Wallace, hey, what did Nico Whitley say to you when he was teabagging? I mean, apparently you? Nico because he's already told somebody. He told Steve Robertson, <laughs> but I mean, who, how many people have asked Bo Wallace? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I bet if Nico Whitley, if we saw him on the sidelines mm-hmm. one day, we're like, hey, Nico, what did you say? I bet he'd tell. He us. might tell us. He'd probably laugh and be like, I told him. <laughs> I mean, they mo- might how, mo- how funny would it be, like, he's like, I told him. 
he played a really good game, and that was a hard way to lose. If you're Bo Wallace, I would lose my mind at that point. Be like, you showed respect. What? If you're Bo Wallace in that moment, though, you're so ticked at yourself. You probably don't even hear, what he, didn't hear what he said. Yeah, he might not have. Plus, I mean, the crowd's going crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Trey Taylor. Do we have any interesting nicknames for the guys on the team besides Dollar Bill? Are there any good nicknames on this team? I thought I know of. We had Thing One and Thing Two, but then one of the things left. <laughs> You know, with with Jones and Emerson. Um, KJ Costello's Twitter handle is Little Kev. I don't know if he goes by that or not. Um, Beyond that, no, there's not really a... uh, There's not really one. I don't don't know. I look forward to... uh, Hopefully soon we'll have... Hopefully the season happens and we get, like, media guide stuff and, and and, like, notes and things that usually tells us this kind of stuff and we learn nicknames that we don't even really know about sometimes so yeah maybe we'll learn some nicknames but right now other than dollar bill i uh, I, tulu tulu's not his real name tulu's not his real name that's correct yeah tulu griffin is another one yeah but yeah i I can't think of any off the top of my head right now all right we're probably overlooking one oh i'm sure we are and somebody's going to text us and you're like you idiots yeah but it is what it is uh, we're transported back. I'm sorry. Who, who is this quote? Eric Busby. We're transported back to 2010. Cam Newton has committed to Mississippi State. What's the team's final ranking that year? So looking at the record, right? They were nine and four that year. So I think you can add a win against Auburn. Obviously, yes. I think you can add a win against Arkansas. They lost by seven in overtime. Yeah. Cam Newton is the difference maker. Yep. They 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 win at LSU. They lost by by three touchdowns. I. I don't know. Now, here's the thing. Cam Newton, there, there's a case to be made that State would have gone undefeated and won the national title because State was better defensively than Auburn was that year. That Auburn team was – honestly, that Auburn team was not that great. But they had possibly the greatest college football player of all time, having the greatest college football season of all time. So there's an argument to be made that State would have gone undefeated and won a national title. I feel like they probably wouldn't have because – I'm just a pessimist. So I'm going to say they would have still lost Alabama and LSU and gone 11-2 and two and probably would have finished the year like fifth or sixth. Yeah. At which time, by the way, Dan Mullen would have gone then. Yeah. What was that Alabama score that year? 30-10. to 10. But, remember, but remember, in the in the, the Iron Bowl, Alabama was up 21-0 on yeah, Auburn. Yeah, and, and, and Auburn, and Auburn came back. And the comeback. So I remember I listened to that game uh, – on the way up to Memphis, we stayed in Memphis and then headed down to Oxford the next day. Yeah, and uh, I listened to that game too. I was actually I, well, at the gym at West Lounge covering a high school basketball game. I, so, what is the station over in Tuscaloosa? WLZ? No, yep. that's that's here in Starkville. That's Laser ninety six. WZZQ? Is that it? I think that's right. Whatever it is. So you know, I got that. I was I I lost the signal about the time I got onto I fifty five in Newport or in a ZBQ in it. Yeah, ZBQ. So by the time I got an I-55 on Winona to turn up towards Memphis. So I lose the signal. Alabama was up 21-0. By the time I got to Memphis, Alabama, Auburn was winning. I was just like, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. That dang Iron Bowl, man. That, that kick six is one of my favorite just college football memories of all time. Well, gone, no, it's a different season now. Just, oh, different season, yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, but I'm, I'm saying like That was a good day because that was, you know, the state had played on Thursday and it already won the Egg Bowl. So you're just watching college football. Mm-hmm. There's no... Oh, God, the Egg Bowl's later today. Kind of pressure. It's already done. Yeah. 
But it's and, just like, I mean, you've never seen a game end like that. Oh, yeah, and you probably never and will. And you never will again. Never and so will. it was just so. All right. Steven Sprawberry says, in each of your own scenarios, for a conference-only schedule, what is your prediction for State, and how do you think they would fare? So if we, I think what's going to happen is there's, they're going to add another, at least one more game. They're not going to go from 8 to 12. I think they may just put State's next year's opponent on there, and the game would be at Vanderbilt next year. So you put Vanderbilt at W. <laughs> so you, you picked up a W. I think State – I think I was already predicting – Would they go to Vandy again next year? No, no, no. Would they play Vandy You would next play year? Vandy here this year because you're going there, there next, next year. year. Oh, okay. So it balances out that way. Oh, you get Vandy two years in a row. Yeah, that's a good thing for MSU. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vandy's going 0-10, by the way. Oh, whatever Vandy's done in a conference-only schedule, whatever Vandy games play – however many games are played, Vandy's going 0-4. Yeah, unless they – is Arkansas on their schedule? If It, if it, is, it is not. Okay. It is not. I was going to say, if it is, one of them's got to win. Their best so. chance to win is probably bringing Ole Miss in there. They bring Ole Miss to Nashville. That's probably it. You know, a lot. I think, they'll be, I, think they'll, I think Ole Miss will beat them. I don't mean – we can get back to this question here in just one second. Yeah. But a lot of, like, rankings and stuff and preseason predictions have Ole Miss finishing ahead of state in the, in the I West. don't see that at all. I don't. I, I, I didn't predict it, but on our SI Publishers thing that we about did, that, yeah. it, uh, Ole Miss overall was picked to finish ahead of state. I don't like, get that. On my ballot, I did not. Yeah, but. I don't get that, but whatever. Anyway, my, my, to answer your question, on an eight-game schedule, if they kept it at eight, I think State would go probably four and four. I think they would lose to Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and then either A&M, A&M. or Kentucky. And they could go three and five. Three and five, yeah. yeah. But if you add Vandy, you get the, you get another win. Uh, let's see here. Jimmy Rayburn. With all the football transfers back and forth, what is MSU's player count right now? And if there's room for more to join, who would be on your wish list? There is no more room. State is at max capacity. They're at 83, which they you know they have to be under two because of the NCAA stuff. Uh, let's see here. This might be it. Is that it? That's it. All right. Thanks for all your questions today. We certainly appreciate it. Tomorrow is double interview day. We'll do an opponent preview with Auburn. We're talking to Tom Green, Thomas Green of the uh, of AL.com, covers the Auburn Tigers. And for our SEC preview, we're talking Tennessee with Wes Rucker from Go Vols 24-7. So a lot of good stuff tomorrow, finding out about some other teams here in the conference. Please tune in. We appreciate it. Guys, have a great Wednesday. We'll be back with you on Thursday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Light on Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.